Hey gang, Akil here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining me. You guys are listening and watching all over the place, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music. And I just want to say I appreciate the support. We're growing this show into a magnificent beast of a podcast. And let's keep it up. Now, today I want to talk a little bit about what it takes to really trade. And this comes from an article that I read the other day and uh, really the comments that came from me sharing the article. It was an article about a source uh, that I subscribe to called Real Vision. If you follow me on the Twitter or if you follow me on Instagram stories, you've probably seen me uh, share either images or quotes or stories from Real Vision. It's a place that I, I love and one of the few sites that I actually use for news and, and fundamental analysis. And we'll get into that um, a little bit later. But I shared the site just because I'm always helpful for Real Vision. They've helped me out in the past, so I want to share their stuff. I think it's quality as well. And surprisingly, I got a lot of responses from traders. So I said, hey, you know what? My, my spidey sense started tingling. And I said, hey, this may be a subject that's worth sharing to the masses. And this is the point of the Trading Coach podcast. This is why I created it in the first place. It gives me a platform where I can just turn on the mic um, and just basically rant about something that a few traders have mentioned to me and really help the many, 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 many other traders out there that have the same question and just maybe haven't thought about it yet. So let me read you the first uh, two paragraphs or so of this article and then we'll kind of get into things. But it was an article by the New York Times um, tire, uh, titled Offering Inspiration and Advice. Real Vision is HGTV for Hedge Fund Hopefuls. And it starts off by saying this, the article is by Landon Thomas Jr. I'll put an article or a link to the article in the show notes, of course. But he says, Karrion Odea rises at 5 a.m. to begin his daily routine, shuffling to his desk to eye his portfolio, a cluster of biotechnology stocks, and a bet that Tesla will go bust. Then he pulls up the latest video on Real Vision the startup financial video service that promotes the trading ideas and insights of hedge fund managers, large and small. On this morning, the play is buying beaten down Chinese stocks. He studies the clip carefully, as he has done with all of the 1,200 plus videos shown on Real Vision since it went live in June 14, June 2014. Mr. Odea, 29 years old, is the chief investment officer of Hedge Knight Capital, which manages mostly family money in, low, uh, in the low seven figures. He is wearing swim shorts and a wrinkled t-shirt. His feet are bare and tan. His office consists of an unmade bed, two computer screens, and a stunning view of Long Island Sound. Mr. Odea may be master of his own hedge fund, but he could not be more disconnected from the Wall Street machine. No sell side research clogs his inbox. He does not own a Bloomberg terminal. And there is no TV turn, uh, tuned in to CNBC, the financial news hub. I hardly watch it. And I don't have access to any of that other stuff either, Mr. Odea said. I get all my market access from Twitter and Real Vision. Real Vision offers a way to skip the traditional hedge fund path slog away at an investment bank or a mutual fund and settle down in Midtown Manhattan or Greenwich, Connecticut. For a modest fee, Real Vision will connect investors to a network of elite Wall Street analysts, 
traders, and hedge fund managers, making it easy for novices like Mr. Rodea to jump the line. Now, when I shared this article, um, I got a, a bunch of responses. Uh, and I just shared, I think, like a paragraph or, or so. And one of them came from my good buddy, Elaine, who I know is listening to the show because she's often traveling the world. And what better to do when traveling the world uh, than listen to the Trading Show, uh, Coach podcast? So thank you for the idea, Elaine. But Elaine shot me a message and she's saying, you know what, Akil, this is kind of refreshing because like many others, right? I used to think that I needed CNBC and Bloomberg and Reuters and all this other stuff and had to listen to these pundits to, to get trading ideas. And now I realize that everything they do is just entertainment. They're just running a show, right? Their ideas to be a little bit controversial, to kind of flip the side of their prediction so they seem right and just keep you engaged. And now that I have experienced trading, I realized like, or I asked myself, what was I doing? And my thoughts were the same way. And many of you guys heard my story already. But when I first started trading, um, or I first started investing in the stock market, I had an office. I had subscriptions to about at least four or five financial magazines. One of the funnier stories I tell is about my, my previous subscription to the Wall Street Journal, how I used to subscribe to the Wall Street Journal because, you know, this is what you see in the movies where... Um, you walk out every morning with your, your, your robe and your coffee and you, you kind of waddle down your driveway. You pick up the Wall Street Journal, you stare at it, you read the headlines. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. And then you set up your trading day. And then that's what I that's what I thought I would do. I would sit there. I would I would look at the headlines and be like, huh. Yeah, I'm going to use that today. And the reality is, right, I think I would read like one page a day at the Wall Street Journal. And I just started having stacks and stacks and stacks in the house. And my wife used to be like, hey, are you reading those? Yeah, 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 yeah. I need them for financial stuff. She's like, really? And eventually she forced me. They were, they were literally taking up an entire room. She forced me to get rid of them. And that's kind of when I realized, like, I'm just wasting my money on this subscription. But I had an office. I had two TVs. One was on Bloomberg. One was on CNBC. I would watch them religiously. I had four or five financial magazines. I was on the Internet on all the financial sites. And I was just doing everything I thought a trader had to do. And maybe you have to go through that as a newer trader to realize what is not necessary. But as I reflect now, nearly you know 10 years later, or whatnot. I'm like, I was just wasting money and time. I was going through the motions. I was, I was playing the part. I was like, I was that athlete that dresses up with all the fancy equipment that doesn't really get in the game. I, I just, I just wanted to feel like I was part of it. And I haven't watched CNBC in a long time. Uh, Bloomberg, I, I used to watch. I haven't, I don't, I, I like Bloomberg better. Um, but I haven't watched CNBC in a long time because what I started noticing as I really got more adapt to my style of trading and, and, and how I trade, what I need to look for, is that there was really no benefit to me watching it, or at least very little benefit. If anything, it was harmful for my trading. Listening to these pundits who, at the time, I thought these guys are the most knowledgeable people in the world. They're the best of the best, right? They're, in, they're the ones on TV. They must be the smartest. Um, they would often allow me to create these negative confirmation biases. And what I mean by that is I would listen to what they're saying. They would, they would preach about, hey, how you got you to gotta buy gold right now. And then immediately when I, when I would go to the charts, I would only look for things that confirm what they were telling me. So I'd only look for things that confirm their opinion. If they said you got to be short the euro dollar, I would ignore the obvious long opportunity to buy the euro dollar and only focus on shorts because that was the right side in the market. And I missed a lot of opportunities because of that. And I, I, I had a lot of bad trades because of that as well. And 
I bring this up because if you're a newer trader out there, understand that you don't necessarily need to have what the industry says you need to have. We're in, we're in a completely different world right now. You don't have to be on Wall Street. You can be like the trader in an article, trade from the luxury of your own home. For the longest time, I traded from home. I, I have an office right now, but um, I still kind of do half and half. I'm half in the office, half from home, right? The office is basically to get away from the kid and the wife. You know what I'm saying? Love you, babe, if you're listening. Um, love you, Jaden, if you're listening later in life and you hear this when you're like a teenager and you're, you're big enough to kind of put me in a headlock. But uh, anyway, probably just delete that. Um, anyway, the fact is, don't become, there's two things, there's two points to this podcast. One, I don't want you becoming overwhelmed and really depressed by what you think is needed to be a trader, right? You don't need the four monitor setup. You don't need the, the the two TVs with CNBC and Bloomberg on them. You don't need the Bloomberg terminal, terminal the, the Reuters icon. You don't need um, all the other fancy indicators and things that you have to pay for in order to be a trader. No, you don't need that. So if that's something that has discouraged you in the past, if you've said to yourself, ah, I don't think I can be a trader because I don't have this stuff, right? kibosh that idea right now you don't need it all you need is an internet connection you need a laptop right or a, or a desktop desktop preferably but it doesn't matter laptop desktop something fast um and you need you 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 need a consistent way to trade and and i guess the the will and determination to become good at trading and at the same time realize you don't have to have all of this stuff to be successful right you don't have to be on Wall Street. Like the article mentioned, you can take a different path to trading success. I, I know a few traders that only have a laptop, just one screen. They're focused on one thing at a time and they come in each and every day and they extract profit from the markets and then they go about the rest of their day, whether it be you know going on a golf course or maybe they're trading from a, a boat or anything like that, like on a cruise with their family, right? It's a very simple industry. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Instead of spending all your focus on the material things that you have to have, spend your focus on learning how to trade, spend the focus on practicing your craft, and then spend the focus on always adapting to the markets. And, and that's what you need to be successful. Don't let the outside influence you in a negative way, right? There are a million ways to be successful at trading, and none of those million ways require you to do all this extra stuff. So hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Um, if you want more information on kind of what's needed to be a trader, my buddy Jason Greystone has a great video series called The Truth About Trading Forex. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, but um, check that out. I think it's like a four-part video series. And one of the sections talks about what do you really need to be a trader? And you'll be able to see it's a lot less complicated than you think. So I'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Trading Podcast. And as always, plan your trade, trade your plan. Take care.